0: Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International.
1: Well, thank you for listening to the Activate podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry resource of Journey Church International. My name's Ryan. Uh, as always, I'm, I'm uh, really happy to, to host the podcast this week. We're in the uh, the last month of the year, and uh, as we know, it's been quite an interesting year, but it's December It's Christmas time, so we're excited about uh, 12 services coming up. But on this past Sunday, you start a new series, so we're in the second week of a series. We're in Matthew chapter 2. And this message this week, Pastor Christian, is questions, answers, and implications. We mentioned the the series' premise was to celebrate Christmas as the season that we remember and leverage the fact that God is with us because of Jesus. We're going to Jump into uh, the message. Our hope for you listening is that we can help you uh, activate your faith, take steps that will draw you closer to Jesus. Pastor Christian, you started the message talking about a a really interesting Gallup poll where people were asked if their mental health was better or worse in 2020. And they asked 20 different subgroups of people. Um, The group that was better mentally in 2020 was those who attend church weekly as a pastor how how did
0: that reinforce your passion for what we do each week here at journey so i would say a couple things ryan one full disclosure you said we're looking forward to 12 christmas services i'm not really looking (laughs) forward to 12 christmas i mean if i could just i i love christmas i'm looking forward to the impact that our christmas services could have but if we would have had these microphones on in this office Earlier this morning when we were saying, have we lost our mind? I mean, to do five days of Christmas services, I understand in a world of social distancing and really trying to be safe. I mean, it, it just, it is our schedule, um, this week, but full disclosure, um, like not, not, not something I'm like so excited about that. I can't sleep. <laughs> unfortunately, um, secondly, I would say this is our last podcast of the year. Um, so man, it's, it's been good this year. To be able to have these discussions with you, when we started the 2020 podcast, it was Pastor Brandon um, and I, and you know we we were a hundred episodes deep in in the Activate podcast, and to be able just to unpa- uh, just to unpack each sermon week after week, talking with you has uh, has been a great joy. We'll shut the podcast down through January 10th, and we'll bring it back. We'll bring it back. Um, so Sunday January 10th, um, it'll be up again as we start our new year of ministry and messages. I spent last week. Um, on a planning week, laying out uh, all of my messages through Labor Day, um, and we have incredible things coming in 2021. We'll spend between our our um, between our messages in the way of Jesus, in the Beatitudes, and what's upcoming. We'll have almost 20 messages in Matthew chapter five before we get through Matthew chapter five. We actually don't get all the way through Matthew chapter eight until Labor Day Sunday. We do a six-week series just called Lessons in Faith that'll lead us through kind of the tail end of summer and back to school. So I cannot wait for the Bible teaching ministry of next year through the book of Matthew. But but to get to your question very specifically today, you know, the the Gallup poll, that even to clarify a little more, of the 20 subsets of, of people, the only one that took a positive step forward. So every group was less than. So it wasn't, you know this was positive 10 and another one was positive 3 it wasn't the most positive it was the only positive the only group that said 2020 is better than 2019 were those people who were going to church weekly and i think when i read that ryan i flash back to june 7th i think it was june 7th after being at a church for 13 weeks and doing online church and preaching into a camera and god bless our production team they they are the best of the best and god bless our people who I mean, actually got on each week and did watch parties and with dozens and dozens of people that gave their life to Christ on, on Easter and actually texted in. I mean, great ministry was happening, but Sunday, June seven, when after 13 weeks of not having church, we were able to have church again, what that did for my soul. And I had been preaching every Sunday, the last 13 weeks. And I had been, I'd been worshiping because I sat in when the worship team filmed their deal for 13 weeks. And I'd even been with some of our staff people. I'd been doing all the things you did in church, but without my church. And when the church came back, it, it flipped a switch in my soul that took me from kind of a dark place, kind of a depressed place, a discouraged place to I'm going to make it. And I think every Sunday reminds me of that. There's a, there's a lot of Sundays I limp into Sunday and I skip out of Sunday. And I mean, you know, even today you get to the end of preaching three services Um, next next week when we get to the end of 12 services, there'll be some physical fatigue. But the spiritual energy and the spiritual joy of seeing people transforms your soul. The Apostle Paul told uh, or or the author of Hebrews that some people believe is the Apostle Paul said in Hebrews 1025, don't forsake gathering together. Some people are doing that. But if you do it, you'll be encouraged. And I think that is what that what that Gallup survey did is it just um, it just repeated the scripture that when you gather together weekly, your soul is encouraged. Um, And and I know that's true for me. And I know it's so true for so many of our people. And clearly it's true for thousands and thousands of people who took a Gallup poll and said, hey, it's been a hard year, but uh, I'm doing better than I was last year because I get to I get to be with my spiritual community. Um, every week. I don't think we can overemphasize it enough, to be honest with you. You think about all the steps we've taken to make sure people can come
1: to church safely and well and to do things with excellence. And it makes it worthwhile when you see studies like that.
0: Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah. You, you, you see verified what you'd always believed in your spirit, but couldn't prove. It's like, Hey, now we can prove that this is, this is happening to everyone. Yeah. Um, The
1: text as you read in Matthew chapter 2, it kind of appears, uh, as you mentioned in one of your points, was dueling kings. And that being King Herod and, and, of course, King Jesus. Of course, the real challenge to Jesus sitting on the throne that you point out, uh, the, the throne of our hearts, is that we are already sitting there. You also quote this great devotional, My Utmost for His Highest, that we've been doing, Oswald Chambers. And on December 9th you you state this uh from his devotional, "Beware of refusing to go to the funeral of your own independence." Can you uh can you kind of unpack this? Can you speak to this daily challenge we face of ge- of giving Jesus
0: the throne of our lives? Ryan, I think it's I think it's the it is the greatest obstacle and greatest opportunity that any that any follower of Jesus has. And I and I was I was raised in a I was raised in a faith tradition. Um, you know that I that I don't want to say I, I don't want to say I was raised in a faith tradition that didn't teach me everything I needed to be taught. But Christianity seemed to be a lot more addition and subtraction than like replacement. Meaning, now that you become a Christian, you start doing all these things. X, Y, Z, you stop doing all these things, ABC, and then your life will just look a whole lot more like Jesus. But it, but it appears as if you're still in control of X, Y, Z and ABC, like you need to work really, really hard to do these things and work really, really hard to not do these things. And then you might become like Jesus where Jesus actually says, no, I'm not um, I don't need you to start doing anything or stop doing anything. I just need you to die to yourself. Like I I need to, I need you to let me have total control and authority in your life. In this thought from chambers that he unpacked that, you know, the most difficult part of Christianity is, is not starting to tithe. I mean, if, if you take, if you have a long enough runway and you're money savvy, you can figure out how to give 10% away. The most difficult of, part of Christianity for a Christian man in 2020 is not to stop looking at pornography. You get an accountability group, some guys you can be transparent with. You can do those. What chambers was saying is the most difficult parts of Christianity are not adding the things that needed to be added. If you're disciplined, you can get there, not subtracting the things that need to be subtracted. If you have a good group of people, you can get there. It literally is dying to yourself so you can live to Jesus. It's giving up control of the direction of your life, of the thought process of your life, of your, you know, as Jesus would say, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's giving Jesus control of how my heart feels, how my mind thinks, what my strength goes towards what my will even desires. It's giving all of those things to Jesus, which is a total transformation of the inner man, not just addition and subtraction of the outer man. It's a way more radical process, but a way more transformational and enduring process. And and that's what we were challenged to do in Matthew chapter 2 when we read a new king showed up in town before the old king was gone. That's how it always is with Jesus. The new king, Jesus, always shows up before the old king is gone. And the question is, are are we willing to dethrone ourselves or whoever else or whatever else we've put on the throne of our heart? So that so that Jesus can be king or are we forced Christians, you know, seats taken. You can sit with me, but I'm not going to get out of the seat. Or do we or do we give Jesus total control of everything? Um, I think I think that's that's one of the key principles I learned from Matthew chapter two as I watch the entire chapter unfold, which is the tension between King Jesus and King Herod and how Herod had to go before Jesus could come. Herod's army. Herod's army had to had to be overcome before a new king, king could come. And I think as we get out of today's message, we got to say, okay, what's on the throne of my heart that has to go? and who who's who is an army to that thing in my throne that 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 I have to be aware of is going to be disturbed when Jesus gets to be in charge of everything. I thought that was a great word that that all of Jerusalem was disturbed. It's like people in your life, when you give everything to Jesus, there's gonna be some disturbed people that you just, you, you gotta, you gotta endure. You gotta outlast. um, You need, you need to learn how to lean into God's will, God's word, God's people. um, But you, you gotta, you gotta get through both the enemy King and the enemy army that are disturbed by you letting Jesus be in charge.
1: These are some real activate parts of the message, things that really apply to your faith that I hope uh, you as a listener really think about and, and figure out in your own heart have i really given him the throne of my life it's it's a daily walk to think through
0: and if we i mean and if we really want to get active in in this part of the message jesus in luke chapter 14 said the primary disturbance happens within family relationships so maybe as we walk between thanksgiving and christmas we can look at you know who in our family has been the most disturbed and who do i have the most dysfunctional, uncomfortable relationship with because Jesus is on the throne of my life? And, and how do I lean into Jesus in prayer as, as I approach that? Because most of the disturbance relationally is going to come with your family and probably people that you're, that you're closest to who liked you before Jesus was in charge of everything.
1: Yeah. And I can attest that sometimes it takes 20, 25 years oh, yeah, of praying for people yeah. and just continuing to love them and and you can see victory of uh, some of them coming to faith at Christmas uh, services like ours last year. Uh, who will be here this year? It'll be uh, awesome to see God working in their life and see how they've grown over the last year. Best Christian, many many people in our our country today, and, and you know more and more in in our churches in in America as well, don't have a don't have a church background. Uh, they don't have a a knowledge of many of the Bible truths that we've learned in the Bible. And as you point out in your message the Bible includes great prophecy uh, especially surrounding the birth of Jesus you you make reference to only six Old Testament prophecies about Jesus we know there are hundreds uh, what are a couple of other things about Bible prophecy and the
0: Messiah that maybe you'd want people to be aware of Well I think when you so when you look very specifically at prophecy you've got a you've you've got a to... Big problem if you acknowledge it true, but you don't acknowledge it as the truth. Meaning, you look at what God said to Daniel about the empires of Persia and Greece um, and Rome, and you you see that there are prophets and prophecy that clearly and correctly tell the future. You see Isaiah using names like Cyrus, um, that, that Cyrus is going to be King Cyrus is somebody God's going to use in the life of his people. And that doesn't happen for nearly 200 years. And then King Cyrus raises up in Persia and allows the exiled people from Judah to go home. Um, you, you look at all of these, you know, if you just look at the six that we mentioned from Jesus being born in Bethlehem to, you know, the, the voice of mothers in Israel weeping because their children were killed um, from, you know, Isaiah 11, 1, that Jesus would would live in Nazareth or that he, you know, that he would be called a, a netzer, a, a branch that would raise up out of Israel. I mean, you look at all these little things and you can either you can you can either reject them, but it's got to be an honest intellectual rejection, meaning I see two plus two equals four. I just, I just, I just choose not to believe that. For me, two plus two is always going to equal five. Like, it has to be a total rejection of truth. And when Jesus was talking to Pilate, and and Pilate asked him, "What is truth?" Like he's standing right before Jesus. He he sees the man who says, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life," and he says to his face. I just don't know whether or not I'm willing to trust this, but it's a rejection of the truth. I think when we look at prophets and prophecy, if we see them as true, and I think one of the greatest developments in the in the prophetic world was the uncovering of the Dead Sea Scrolls because you got to you got to remember up until the 1940s, 50s, 60s when they started uncovering these Dead Sea Scrolls, the earliest hebrew like manuscript copy of the old testament we have i think was in like the like seven to nine hundred a.d which means it was written 650 to 800 years after jesus was born and it was very easy to say well all those things written predicting that jesus they they put him in afterwards it's the only way they could have been that accurate and then after thousands of years of people saying the only way those things could have been written in there as if they were written afterwards, to find the Dead Sea Scrolls that are dated to 100 years before Jesus was born and to have them be the exact same thing, you have to acknowledge someone in the past knew the future. And when it's someone's in the past, like today we talked about Moses, we talked about Samuel, we talked about uh, Malachi, we talked about Jeremiah, we talked about Isaiah. If someone in the past knows the future, might be a pretty special person. If someone's 700 years apart all know the future and it's the same future, what apologetics would tell you is that they are all getting their material from a common source. And that source is at least 700 years old. And that source sees at least 2000 years into the future. So we would say that source must be, must be supernatural and that that source exist in the past, exist in the future, exist into eternity, which helps us begin to understand the concept of this eternal God. So prophecy is so much more than what is true. It's what is truth, that there is a God that exists from eternity past into eternity future, and he's trying to give us the breadcrumbs of how to connect with him in the revelation of Scripture, much of it which is prophetic. You know, there's there's so much
1: information we could learn. I know uh, there are hundreds of prophecies. So I thank you for allowing us to have a little bit better of a basis. Hopefully, you listening, as you continue to dig, you'll you'll understand how to how to apply these truths. Why you can hang on uh, to the truth that that is what we consider to be true.
0: And Ryan, I I so I have begun to apply. So I have I have become much more soft hearted and much more open-minded to hearing people out on why they do not follow Jesus, believe scripture and trying to learn more about what they believe, who they follow and why. And I will all, I will often go back and ask questions that, that, that have type of a prophetic orientation, meaning, This person is my new leader. I believe everything they say where I can say, okay, I understand that. That's awesome. Um, Have they done anything supernatural? Have they done anything miraculous? Is there any ancient literature five or 600 years old that said they would be here now saying this and doing this? And of course, the answer is always no, which allows me to say, I appreciate where you are, but I'm going to stick with my guy. Because can you imagine if your favorite author who you followed and based everything on, in, in, everything in your life on, can you imagine if you had a favorite author that you did that? He says this, so I do this. She says this, so I do that. If, I don't know, a thousand years ago, someone wrote about them and said where they had been born and what they would do and where they would live and how it would come about, and you could go back and say, I follow this author, I follow him or her, because a thousand years ago, somebody, somebody predicted, you will use a secular word, somebody predicted they would be here. So clearly this person is a really, really big deal. Just that, that, that lack of truth. And by the way, Christ, Christianity is the only world religion that has fulfilled prophecy as a basis for supernatural belief. There are no, there are no prophecies, um, fulfilled prophecies in Islam. There are no fulfilled prophecies in, uh, even in Mormonism, there are no fulfilled prophecies. In Buddhism, like it, it's the only major world religion where God a thousand years ago would say, "Here's how you're going to know I'm in charge. This is going to happen, and it's going to take a long time to figure it out." But a thousand years from now, you're going to look back and say, "Whoa, this is really a supernatural, eternal being that sees everything lining up at once and is trying to leave us breadcrumbs through the revelation of prophecy, so that we can so that we can trust Him."
1: Man, some more, some more great uh, truth to hang on to there. Pastor um, Christian, there was a there was a section of your message where you, you had us take a test. Maybe you didn't intend for it to be a test, but uh, kind of the section was the Messiah. Do you need him? And then you talk about a ruler, a shepherd, a king, a priest, a sacrifice. You know, this Christmas, w- which of these do you want people to think about? Not only for themselves, but for those they care
0: about. I think probably a a priest Um, priest in the priest in the ancient world were the people that connected humanity to heaven. And I, and I think understanding. So understanding Jesus role in the world as the one who connects humanity to heaven, I think is so, so key the way he would do it by being a sacrifice You know, I I think it's great truth to understand how he will rule and reign in your life after you choose to let him connect you to God. It's kind of this top three ruler, shepherd, shepherd king. But I think that gift of frankincense, that thought that the Magi said in some way this person is going to both serve God and man at the exact same time and he's going to serve to bring them together. The reason they would light incense is because it drifted up, you know. Obviously, if you light incense in your room today, it'll, you know, the smoke will drift up. It was a it was a picture. So the altar of incense is where they offered prayers. It was a it was a picture of the the spoken request of man raising to heaven. So the the burning of the incense, the the flame, was a picture of what's happening on earth is actually getting to heaven. It's one reason people raise their hands in worship. It's a it's a picture of incense. It's a picture of an earthly connection to heaven. And I think to understand that because of Jesus, that what's happening on earth can be connected to heaven is 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 the heart of the Christmas story. That He is the one who came. And we talked about this a few weeks ago in the in between. He is the one who came not while he was on heaven, not while he was in heaven and not while he was on earth, but when he was between, when he was raised up on the cross between heaven and earth, he brought them together. He is the great high priest that allows what's happening on earth to be connected to heaven. So I think that gift of frankincense and the fact that Jesus is going to fulfill the role of priest to serve both God and humanity by bringing bringing them together is the most important thing people need to understand about Jesus.
1: Which is why we need to continue to think about who who we're going to invite. Yes, um, right. We, yes, we need to be thinking, praying. We've got a week uh, to really um, allow God to place on our heart who we can who we can invite. And the nice thing about it is we have such a a great online experience now for those who don't even necessarily live here. Um, I remember at Easter sending out invites to all kinds of families, saying, "Hey, wherever you're at, I don't know if you've got a place to uh, worship this Easter, but you know, check us out online." So great opportunity last question pastor christian in a couple weeks i'll have an opportunity to, to preach the last message of the year and um i've gotten that that honor and privilege for about five or six years now but i'll be talking about uh spiritual word for 2021 and you kind of touched on this can you speak to how these words have really been instrumental in setting the calling and direction in the lives of our people over the last so many years
0: yeah i you know ryan i think if you are prayerful about the word and you get God's word and not yours, if you get God's word for your year, for your future, for your direction, for your purpose, um, and, and then you just, you write it down, you put it on a band, you hang it in your house and you just pursue it every day. All you're doing is just being really, really intentional. And that's what Ephesians, I think it's Ephesians five sixteen says, you know, You know, see then that you walk circumspectly looking around, um, not as unwise, but as wise because the days are evil, like make the most of every opportunity. Like 2021 is going to come and go quickly today. Today we celebrated and finished the 50th Sunday of 2020. Like and as crazy as the year was, like it just came and went. And if we are not intentional going into 2021, we may not make the most of every opportunity. So I think spending some time in prayer and your message will set this up really good on the 27th. How do I how do I how do I know God's word? How do do I know which word is God's word versus my word? I think if we can if we can see the fingerprints of what God's trying to do in our DNA to make us look more like Jesus and we can just pursue that. Every day, real intentionally, then w- then we can get a step closer to being who God created us to be and accomplishing what Jesus created us to accomplish.
1: And I think we've seen some great fruit in the lives of our people as we look back and look at their words and see how God moved in those. I'm I'm excited to get get a chance to do that uh, for our people here in a couple of weeks. Um, man, I'm I'm really honored to have stepped into the the podcast, Pastor Christian. I'm thankful that you and Pastor Brandon uh, Brandon started this. Couple of years ago, and uh, I'm glad we've continued on. A lot of great material. If people were to go back and just, man, spend some time listening to these podcasts, they will grow immensely. So I, I appreciate all the time and energy you put into these. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, this is episode 162. Um, thank you for listening today. And I know we got people listening from all over the place. We'd uh, love to invite you to one of our 12 Christmas services coming up. Um, they're going to be starting on the 20th and then wrapping up with four of them on Christmas Eve. Come in person or, of course, online. will be some great content for you to to worship and spend your Christmas Eve with your family. We'd love to hear how God's working in your life. If, if you want to email us, you can email us at activate at takethejourney.cc. Otherwise, we look forward to catching you in 2021 on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Activate. We would love for you to join us in person for one of our weekly worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Help us get the word out about this resource. You can do so by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this episode on your favorite social media platform. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the
1: Activate Podcast.